we got sharks, we got the KKK, and we got dogs. Cute little dogs. See which one's going to be the movie pick of the week next. (laughs) Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Come on, Lauren. Come on. Welcome, everyone, to episode two of LAOFCS Weekly. Try to say that fast. Not going to happen. I am here. I am the host, Scott Menzel, and joining me today are three panelists today. Three wonderful members of the LA Online Film Critics Society. And we will start off with my wonderful host with the most, Carla Renata. <laughs> Introduce yourself. Well, I'm Carla Renata, the Curvy Film Critic. And like Scott said, we host a show together on Black Hollywood Live called Black Tomatoes. Hey, good morning. Mm. Or afternoon or evening, whatever time it is you watch. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Go Jimmy O from JoeBlow.com and Arrow in the Head, and I do a whole bunch of other stuff. So there you go. <laughs> and I'm Lauren Huff, and I work at The Hollywood Reporter. Mm. Look at that fancy one at the I end. Know. She's like, and I work at The Hollywood Reporter. I know. And I'm done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boom. I'm impressed, That's where man. I work. All right, so this is episode two. A quick rundown of how the show works is that it's broken down into four segments. Uh, Each week there's going to be the movie pick of the week, there's Indie Spotlight, there is Retro Rewind, and finally there's going to be a special topic. So we start off with the movie pick of the week, which essentially is where we vote in our Facebook group of which movie we want to see as the movie pick of the week. So we look at about 10 different films this week, which is way too many. Uh, Normally, (laughs) there's about like four or five, but this week we have 10 different movies. So Mm. the competition this week is for reals, and that is The Meg, Black Klansman, Dog Days, Skate Kitchen, Summer of 84, Slender Man, The Package, Elizabeth Harvest, Madeline, Madeline, and the drumroll, drumroll, drumroll! A little bit too long, but that's okay. Black Klansman! Yay! Black Klansman! Alright, so... <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very animated on this show. Yes, you are. Uh, so... Uh, Black Klansman, the latest joint from Spike Lee. Uh, I saw it twice. What a phenomenal little film, but I'm going to shut the hell up for a little bit. Lauren, what did you think of this movie? Oh, make me go first. I'm yeah. on the spot. Okay. Um, I was excited for this movie pretty much all year, if not longer. Um, I was really curious to see what the reaction out of Cannes would be. And as soon as I heard the reaction, I was even more excited. And I finally got to see it last week. Or no, God, was that this week? Was it Monday? Yeah, Monday. Yeah, Yeah, it was Monday. And um, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was emotional. I thought... I I think I summed it up best with my tweet, actually, which was... (laughs) Make no mistake, the the film is hilarious, but it does not pull its punches, and Mm. it punches hard and often. And I thought that, you know, it was... it's, It's such an important film for right now, and I just... I thought it was great. 
I, I loved the performances. I loved hearing like little Denzel. I'm sorry, I know he's a person. <laughs> but I just I, I kept I kept hearing Denzel whenever he talked. And yes. I was like, oh, he sounds like his dad, and I just loved it. Anyways, that's my two cents. What do you guys think? Oh well, yeah. I mean, I I actually. I wasn't really sure what to expect of it. I I I've, I've like a lot of Spike Lee's stuff, and I was blown away. I I was so utterly moved by so many moments. I want to talk specifically about one moment with Harry Belafonte. It's mm. oh my god, yes, oh my god. It, one of the most like uh, amazing scenes I've ever seen. It's in, incredibly well shot and, and beautifully done. And and Harry Belafonte is just. The, he's elegant and just it, you can't take your eyes off of it but there's so many moments in it and and, and you know it, it, there was a gut punch in the end mm-hmm. which I won't spoil obviously mm-hmm. but like it's it needed to be there I I, I felt it yeah it, it hit me hard yeah. it's a fantastic film I cried yeah oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah I'm going to tell you when I cry, but before I tell you that, let me tell you how I feel about the film. So, I think this is Spike Lee's best movie ever. That's mm. what I think. Mm-hmm. I think of all his films that he's done, I think this is the best one he's done. And he's always been a very socially conscious mm-hmm. filmmaker. All, his, all of his films always come at the right time. They always come with some socially conscious thing. Remember when he did Do the Right Thing, there was all that stuff happening in Bensonhurst, New York at yes. the time. Yeah. So, he's always kind of right on time when it comes to that kind of thing. But the 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 two favorite parts of the film that I really enjoyed, this made me laugh out loud, is the part where the Ron Stallworth is at the rally and they go to take that Polaroid picture. I hollered. Oh, yes. I <laughs> hollered. And they go to fight for the picture and he, he snatches it back for real. So that happened. I did some research on that. That that moment actually did happen. Wow. Did like, that wasn't for dramatic purposes. That moment actually did happen. And surprise, surprise, the Polaroid has never been found. Wow. <laughs> so there's that. And the other moment that I liked is the very, very end of the film where they show the American flag is red, white, and blue. Mm-hmm. And then when it turns to black and white, it's flipped upside down. That speaks volumes without saying a word. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So those are my two favorite moments. But I think it was great. I didn't know, I'm glad I didn't know that John David Washington was Denzel's son until way after the fact. <laughs> I didn't actually know that. Didn't know. I didn't either. Yeah. I didn't know until she told me last week. Didn't know. Seriously? Mm-hmm. I told wow. him last week, but I found out like, wait, like I'd seen the movie three times at this point and didn't know that. Wow. So I was like, I didn't know, didn't care. And so when I found out, when I saw it the next time, which was premiere night, last night or a couple of nights ago I was like oh he does kind of sound like his dad sometimes yeah. it's kind of mm-hmm. weird but yeah I, I I enjoyed that film very much and um, I'm looking forward to seeing them getting some awards love you know because mm-hmm. Spike Lee has a very contentious relationship with mm-hmm. the awards shows committees and mm-hmm. voters and stuff but I'm hoping that you know like he has evolved and mature over the years and time I hope that the voters and the people on these committees have too and see his art for what it is yeah mm-hmm. yeah for sure no I, I I think this film like you and I talked about on Black Tomatoes is that this sh- this movie is so important and so timely and when it comes to an end you you get really upset. You know, you're watching the movie, you're kind of entertained. You know, you feel like the good guy wins in the end kind of thing. You know, that's not really a spoiler. You should know how this movie kind of plays out from the trailer. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But at the same time, like, 
Then it goes into some real world stuff that's going that has happened over the last couple of years. And then when you just you think about it, and then that that happiness turns into a frown. And you just I, I, I got choked up last night when I watched it again, and I seen this. It's just like why why does this keep happening why does this keep it's happening over punch. and over again yeah it really is it's horrible you know and on a side note when the first thing I thought about when I saw it is I went to college in Missouri which is where I'm from in Columbia and the very first or second weekend I was there as a college student they came around with notes and told us not to come outside the dorm this one Saturday because the Klan had planned to march down the street oh my gosh wow I'm just saying and I was just like, wow. really? And I, I seriously was like, wow, is, is the Klan really a thing? Is that still a thing? Clearly it was. Yeah. So. so for you guys, what you know, this is a big movie. Um, I think that a lot of people are going to be talking about this movie. I think it's going to have some real legs at the box office. Uh, I don't know what the predictions are for it this week, but I feel like it's just going to keep building word of mouth, word of mouth, word of mouth. <laughs> Where do you guys see this movie landing Oscar season? What, what categories do you think it would be in? I think it's a shame if it does not get a nod for Spike Lee um, yeah. and Best Picture, honestly, at, at the very least. Absolutely. Best, best actor, I, I, I think he, he's absolutely deserving absolutely. of yeah. best performance. It's a, it's a fantastic performance. And I enjoyed the score. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's cool. A lot of people know. are talking about it, the score. I thought it was very, I mean, 70s and groovy. and you know. It, yeah, Terrence Blasher did, uh, did the original music, the jazzy stuff, which mm-hmm. did y'all notice that whenever Spike Lee does films, he always, whenever there's a really dramatic or intense moment, he always infuses some type of jazz music. Yes, in those yes, moments, yes. Which I think is brilliant because it kind of, it heightens that moment unconsciously, whether mm-hmm. you realize it or not, until that other music comes in and you're like, oh, what, what just happened? <laughs> it's powerful. You it's know? powerful to watch and it's powerful to listen to and feel. You, you really feel with this film. You really feel these characters and you really try and connect. I mean, I, I, what, I gotta say, the actress who played Patrice, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not remembering her name at the moment, mm-hmm. but I thought she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, Laura, 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 Laura Harrer. <laughs> Well, well, I was a fan. Yeah. Yeah. She, I mean, everyone in this cast, I mean, she was, I mean, Carla has been very eye-opening with this movie to me mm-hmm. because when I came out of it, you know, I said to her on the show that I felt like the members of the KKK were a little bit too cartoony as, in spots. And she's like, no, 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 that's just probably the way they are. Because if you remember the one leader, I think his name was Walter, right? Yeah, yes. Walter. That guy was so... He was so serious, and his act, that's the guy from The Blacklist. His mm-hmm. acting was so good and so believable. Mm-hmm. Like, you bought into him. He seemed like a sane human being. A human, yeah. The human other being. guy, Felix, was he so extreme. His name is Jasper. Jasper. He's from yeah. Finland. Oh, yeah. okay. He was so extreme, and, you know, like you pointed out, like, there's one of those in every group. And then, of course, there's the, the guy from Itania, the, du- yeah, the, du- <laughs> the dumb guy. So I thought he did such a great job of highlighting three different types of KKK members. Yeah. Someone who was seemed like they were very intelligent and really believed in what they were, were selling. And if you listen to that guy, he seemed to make sense. Yeah. And then the other two were like, one was too extreme, one was too stupid. And I think that perfectly embodies America as a whole. Yeah. <laughs> well, it never felt like it. Yeah. It never felt like it was stereotypes. It never no. felt no. cliched to me at no. all. Not to me either. I don't, yeah. I don't know what a clan person is. Right. I don't know. <laughs> right, right, right. But, what, but what I do know, I've seen them because they march past me. <laughs> yeah. But I've, I've seen, but in any extremist group, 
in any group that goes to the extreme with their politics or their beliefs, there's always those three types of people in the group. Mm-hmm. Always. Absolutely. You know, even with religious groups, there's always the one that's just doing way too much. Then there's the one that's calm and is, you know, in the in line with what the principles are of whatever the, the thing is. And then there's always that one that you just want to punch him in his throat and go sit in the corner somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For me, what I thought was interesting, and maybe tell me if you guys felt this way too, there were times where I wasn't <laughs> sure if I should laugh. Oh, and yeah. And I thought it was funny because Spike Lee, I think it was at the, the LA premiere, he came out and said, white people, it's okay to laugh. He did <laughs> say that. And he did that say that. And me cackle because yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, good. Because there were parts where, like, at the screening, I was like, is, is it wrong to laugh here? You know, there, oh, there were I a few agree. moments I agree. for me for that. No. Yeah. Yeah. Even all is like I said, Spike Lee has a pattern with his films, and humor is one of his patterns. No matter how intense mm-hmm. and um, awkward the subject is, there's always something funny. Remember in Malcolm X, there was the scene where him and, and uh, Denzel are walking down the street when Malcolm was young in the zoot suits. Like that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he always infuses some kind. I'm a huge Spike Lee fan. <laughs> <I'm just saying. laughs> have, you, have you noticed? I, I can tell. I can tell it all. <laughs> no, but he always infuses some type of humor in all of his films and I was at the premiere too I got to talk to him on the red carpet and you know he can be kind of hit or miss sometimes sometimes when you Mm -hmm. interview him he can not be so lovely and then other times he's a delight and thank goodness for me (laughs) this time he was the bomb.com but oh my goodness we talked about um HBCUs and I asked him if he because he does such serious socially conscious films I was like have you ever anticipated or wanted to do a comedy and he was like nah he's like the closest I ever came to that was the Kings of Comedy and I was like what about a scripted comedy? Don't you want to do a scripted comedy, Spike? And he was like nah I'll leave that to my cousin so this is (laughs) right so do you know who his cousin is? Y'all are gonna gag because I gagged you know who Malcolm D. Lee is? Yes. Oh, that's Spike's cousin. Oh. Wow. Their, their fathers are brothers. Oh. That's what Spike told me on the red carpet. I was like, because I was looking like y'all did. And he's like, wow. you didn't know that? It ain't no secret. I'm like, no, nah, brother, I didn't know that. Wow. Wow. It was kind of, I know, eye-opening moments here. There you go. You there you go. You learn. You learn on the show. <laughs> that's right. For a learning experience. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I will say is that I think... It will be a crime if Topher Grace does not get Best Supporting Actor for this because, like we talked about also, is that he is so spot on, it's almost scary. I don't think you can get better casting if you try. Yeah, it is fantastic. He looks so much like the real David Duke, didn't he? It's yes. unnerving. How much Isn't it, though? Yes. Isn't it, well, though? Well, even Ron Stallworth. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. He was like, it was hard It was hard for me to watch because it that's what he looked like and that's what yeah. it sounded like. Yeah, I spoke to all of them. And Ron Stallworth, I was like, dude, why... Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. As a person of color in this country, the last thing I would do if that was my experience was want to put that in a book. Because pe- yeah. mm-hmm. I would be, I'm not going to lie, I would be afraid of what the repercussions would be, especially in this climate. I'm like, what made you do that? And he was basically like, have you met me? I'm like, I have now. <laughs> he said, I'm just not that dude. You know, he said, I, I never backed away from anything in my life. I'm like, well, I'm glad you didn't because you gave us a really wonderful story. But he was hilarious. He's really fun. He's he's actually very funny. Ron Stallworth is. He's very comical. Yeah, he's really he's got a really wicked sense of humor, which you wouldn't think. You wouldn't think that. I don't know why, but you just wouldn't think he'd have a wicked sense of humor. But yeah, he has a wicked sense of humor, and so does his wife. Oh, nice, (laughs) nice. So um, on this show, we started doing a rating system out of ten. What would you guys give this out of ten? 
Well, I'll start. I gave it a 9. Okay. 9 out of 10. Mm. I wasn't prepared for that question. Oh. <laughs> uh, mm. How is this like a, a, a scale where we can do like 9 points something? Yes, you can do <laughs> Yes, yes, you can do like a 9.5, 8.5. Mm. I I'd say like an 8.5. Okay, Carla. You know I'm giving it a ten. This is yeah. my boy. So. Yeah, you know, and, and me and Carla also very rarely see eye to eye on films, but I'm with her on this one. I'm giving it a ten. What? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Wow. And we're close too. Yeah. Mean, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. So let's do it. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, that was amazing. So moving on to the next segment is Indie Spotlight, which is where we talk about a film that's currently in theaters. It's on demand. It's streaming somewhere, and we each have a different pick. Uh, Jimmy, let's start with you. Well, let's. We're on the topic. I there was a movie that I saw. I had no idea what I was stepping into, and I fell in love with it. Blind spotting. Oh. oh, I loved every minute. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to feel, and I loved how the director just basically said, "Hey, we're gonna do this." And we're not going to go where you think we're going to go. We're going to add verse in here. It was astonishing. I love this film. I could watch it over and over. Uh, this is a good year for movies about race. I was saying that. Yeah. I said that to Scott on Black Tomatoes. I was like, we have three of them in less than 60 days. Right? You know, yeah. Blind Spotting, Sorry to Bother You, and Black Klansman. So mm-hmm. it's just like, ooh. It's going to be really interesting to see which one of the three is mm-hmm. is going to be the cream that rises to the top, don't absolutely, you think? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that that I, just a wonderful movie. Just a wonderful movie. Great performance, David, Raphael. Uh, you guys, uh, I worship you. Amazing stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my pick. <laughs> How about Lauren. for you, Lauren? You know my pick. Yes. Um, you showed me the pick. Um, <laughs> I have you to thank. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> she was like, I'm going to do this Netflix movie with Kristen Bell. And I said, okay, did you watch it yet? She's like, no, I didn't watch it yet. I'll watch it. And then she was like, no, no I need to do something else. Yeah, I saw I that one. It. it was, was good. Like, the uh, like, like, like Father? father? Really? Mm. You thought so? <laughs> okay. It's a Carnival Cruise commercial. It, it yeah. is. It is. I, there were parts of it that, this is what I did like about it. I like the fact that um, it highlighted a father and daughter relationship as adults, as opposed, because mm-hmm. a lot of times in film we see father-daughter relationships highlighted where the little girl, where the, the female is a little kid and not a grown right. woman mm-hmm. and not with conflict and not on a cruise ship. So, <laughs> so there's that. And it also highlighted how, how um, obsessed and addicted we are to devices. You know, how we mm-hmm. just cannot, as I sit here with one in front of my face, <laughs> um, we we just cannot put the phone down, can't put the tablet down, just can't do it. And oftentimes it ruins re- our relationships, it ruins our lives, and it ruined hers. So that's what I did like about it, but it was a Carnival Cruise commercial. <laughs> <laughs> so your real pick. So that's not my pick, <laughs> yeah. yes, but yeah, there, there were parts that I liked about it, just to say and I love Kristen Bell so. me too um, can't go wrong with her but um, so my, my real pick is The Year of Spectacular Men mm. oh I like that one right she's so, so right. lovely <laughs> um, and it, it it's for those that don't know what it is it's uh, obviously a little indie uh, directed by Leah Thompson and it stars her and her daughters Madeline and Zoe Deutsch um, and I always like I'm worried I'm gonna mess that one up 
No, you got it. You did good. You did good, kid. You did good. Thanks, guys. Um, and uh, and yeah, and so it mostly follows Madeline's character as she navigates post grad life and sort of discovering who she wants to be. And there are various men that sort of enter and exit the picture. But I found it more of like a, a family drama, honestly, like a Ooh. dramedy to me, anyways. Those were the parts that stuck out to me. And um, to me, when an indie is done right, more so than with you know, your studio big budget type films, I feel like you can feel the heart behind them more. Yeah. You can yeah. feel the passion that went into them. And maybe that's just me. But um, <clears throat> whenever an indie's done right, that tends to stick out to me. And with this one, I definitely felt that. It, it, You could feel the heart behind it. It just, it has so much heart. And it's funny, too. I mean, I thought the script was really funny. Yeah. So. I think in the, uh, the second half of the movie, it, when they focus more on the fa- family dynamic... I think the movie goes from like like a six to like an eight. Absolutely. Because that is where the heart and soul of this movie is. Mm-hmm. And the relationship between the mother and the two daughters, I think, is just terrific. Obviously, mm-hmm. for we know why, but yeah. I just think yeah, that it's just so, so natural. It's just so natural. And the story feels so relatable and so honest mm-hmm. and so true to life. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. How about you, Carla? Okay, so mine is not in a theater right now. <laughs> <laughs> mine wasn't either. No, okay. it's on the it's on <laughs> Okay, so I'll just say it. Um, but I really like this independent film that was done a few years back called Pariah by D. Rees. Have y'all seen that? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I have. I love this movie. I love this movie mainly because it's D. Rees. <laughs> and I like the fact that um, Kim Wayans is in it. And she had been doing a lot of comedy. You know, she's part of the Wayans family, yeah. which is known. They're like the comedy version of the Jacksons, you know. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> they are. They're like the comedy version of the Jacksons, or the, the Jacksons or the Osmonds. And she's in this movie playing this overly religious mom that has this daughter that's a lesbian who can't quite figure out whether she is a lesbian or if it's bad or if it's good or how she wants to navigate her her life through that so I really like that and um, the lead character was played by Adapera Oduye Mm. I loved her she was so good it was such a good film it was tone wise it was very similar to what Moonlight was it's Mm -hmm. it's in that same kind of lane but I like it I liked it very very much and um, I always like stories that shed light on an aspect of life that people don't want to talk about out loud. And at the time this movie came out, you know, the LGBTQ rights things wasn't as loud and pronounced as it is now. It was just bubbling under the surface when this film came sure. out. So I love the fact that this kind of like moved toward that edge and brought a spotlight to that world because people think that because you're different, something's wrong with you. You're mentally ill or you're crazy or, you know, you weren't raised right or you were molested or something. They always think that some kind of really demonic thing happened to you to make you the person that you are. And what people fail to realize is that, you know, some people are just born that way. They just are. I had a cousin, I had a cousin and an uncle that were gay. Mm -hmm. And from the moment I met them in my life, they were always that way to me. That they didn't become that person. They were, it wasn't a lifestyle for them. That was innately who they were. So to see a young person, to see a film like this speak to a young person that's like that, because when my cousin and my uncle were, were young, they didn't have a pariah to go mm-hmm. see. They didn't have a moonlight to go see. They didn't have any of these films that are out on that subject to go see to, to let them know that they're not alone and that they're not crazy. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it. you talk about representing something that's very underrepresented. 
Um, this movie was, I feel, way before its time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Moonlight got so much love and everything. And this movie, I remember I saw it in Philly when I lived there. And it's just like, it came one week and it was gone the next. It got no love. No one. And that happens with indie films a lot, don't you oh, think? Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And and the sad part about this is is that there's there's almost like this whole sub subgenre of um, gay movies that are geared towards white people. I hate to say it, but there there were so many of them when when the days of Blockbuster and the video stores, you would go in there and there was always like multiple ones each week yeah. and there was never. So to see this a young black girl, you know, coming out as a lesbian on screen, it, it was very rare, it was very refreshing. And it, they're so few and far between. It was beautiful. And really I thought was. this movie was beautiful. And, um, you know, I'm glad you brought it up because now people can have a chance to see it. It is streaming on Netflix. It, it is. is streaming on Netflix. It is streaming yeah. on Netflix. So yeah. I do. Do you guys have any closing words on this one? I uh, know. I mean, I, I, I agree with everything you said. It's power. It's, and it's, you should. Yeah. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> He's like, ah, <laughs> Except for the horror. We can't agree on that one. Oh, I know. <laughs> no, we definitely not going to agree on that. <laughs> and, and I'm going to be the weirdo this week and actually just give some love to the doggy movie because I know that a lot of people uh, will not be going to see this little dog movie, which I thought was just delightful. It's so cute, it's, it's not going to change the world. It's not going to redefine the romantic comedy. It's not going to redefine dog movies as we know them. But it's just so darn adorable, and I thought the chemistry between the characters, all the human characters, was so spot on. Just really enjoyed it. You you saw it, right? Yeah, I saw Dog Days, and I'm like a new fan of Tone Bell. I'm like, where yeah. did he come oh from? Oh my god, really? yeah, yeah, Honey, charming as what? hell. Whoa, he was whoa. fine. I was <laughs> like, what is going on? He's fine, and he can act. I'm like, oh, where is he? Uh, uh, what's yeah. his number? Where is he at? <laughs> yes, I was, and there and. I, Spoiler alert. They are on a TV show. I think it's on CBS. I think it's on CBS where they're playing Love Interest again. Oh. I'm I'm feeling like they're going to hook up in real life. Probably. (laughs) I'm feeling like that's about to happen. It's going to happen. I'm putting that out there. But I might have to trip her over a rope or something. That that movie, you know, what a lot of people are not talking about with this movie because I feel like it's being very overlooked. Is Did you notice this, how naturally diverse that movie was? I didn't. I didn't know. You know, it's funny because... Because the world I live in is diverse. Right. Like when I walk out of this door and even at this table, I just see people. Right. So when no, I, walk, I, I, you know I what I'm saying? Yeah. So when I when I would look at a film, I, I didn't. Not you bring it up, it was, but I, I didn't really notice. It's it's it just something time. that I feel like you know we've we've lived in this society right now where we're always talking about diversity and mm-hmm. the, or the lack thereof. And here's a film that, like you just said, you just watch it and it's naturally diverse. And yeah. and it's there. There's the great storyline between the um, family adopting the little girl. Yeah. And um, you know the guy, uh, the guy from This Is Us, who Ron I, I Cephas keep, Jones. Oh my yeah. God, he's so amazing. Yeah, he's that guy good. is amazing. He's amazing. In everything. In everything he does. Uh, yeah. His line delivery is just so spot on, and it's like it's real. Yeah. He he. It seems to me that he acts from a a place of immense reality, and some people do not. Some people is put on. Is they they. I don't even know what the vernacular is to describe what they do, but it's just too many things. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just, just say that. It's just too much. But he's he was really good. And Eva Longoria was really good, too. She was. Because, you know, we're so used to seeing Eva Longoria 
people whenever someone is on a long running TV series we always have mm-hmm. a have a mm-hmm. tendency to associate them with whatever that role is and that's natural that's because natural, especially yeah. if we love them in that role and and they've been um, awarded for it or nominated for it or whatever we just automatically look at the Fonz look at Henry Winkler <laughs> look yeah. at you know um, Megan Mullally from Will and Grace yes. like we just naturally do that but Eva Longoria in this film this was one of many times because she's been doing a lot of dramas and things outside of that lane lately in yeah. addition to producing this was one time that I looked at her and I didn't see Abby from Desperate Housewives I oh. just didn't and I was really happy about that I love her she's so sweet and mm-hmm. she's a really good actress I, let me ask y'all a question so speaking of Eva, Eva Longoria when you see people or actresses like that do you guys have a tendency because they are as pretty as they are to overlook the fact that they actually have some acting chops or are we so busy looking at what they look like no 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 well here's the thing I always remember um when Jessica Lange first came out and mm-hmm. she was gorgeous Tootsie. she was King Kong even <laughs> when she was doing this silly film about giant ape and people are like yeah she's just said let's just get her topless or something and that's it and then freaking Francis what Oh my God! What? Wow! Her and Sam Shepard—they yeah. wore that out. That movie and that performance, and suddenly she was the thing. She and now she's a legendary actor. She's one of the best working today. Period. And she's coming back to American Horror. Yes, today. thank you. Yes, <laughs> finally. Which I won't be seeing because it has horror in it. Well, we'll watch it together. We're gonna watch it. Together. <laughs> Oh, good. I love great. her, but I will not be watching her. Oh, she's so good at it. <laughs> oh, she is. I'm so excited. Uh, we digress. I do, I do feel like nowadays, though, there is, on both the male and female side of things, where I feel like there's a lot of actors that they put into movies and they try to make them happen, that they just don't have it. And it's because mm-hmm. they're handsome or they're beautiful. And I've noticed that a lot more now than I ever did before. Like, I just feel like there's so many people who are like, why are we pushing you when there's mm. so many great actors or great actresses or people who are not yet discovered who can be taking these roles? I agree. It's I agree. cyclical, though. It happens. I I was watching some it was some old, like, I think it might have been a black exploitation film or something that came on really late one night at home. And I noticed that the actors in this film, we don't even see them anymore. And I was like, what happened to them? But at the time, they were the go-to people. They were in every movie, on every TV show. They were everywhere. And it's cyclical. Everybody has their, like, ten years or five years, and then they switch it over to someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's 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 a but shame. Dog Days back to Dog Days. Yeah, right. Dog Days is is a really funny movie and it's it's really good and it is very diverse and if you're an animal lover you're gonna love it you know and because it speaks to all of those different phases yes. of dealing with an animal so it's like little Aww. Gertrude though that Gertrude dog was so adorable the little Chihuahua with, with the, the little, little helmet, helmet. <laughs> so. <laughs> you can tell we're dog people over yeah. here. Sorry. Well, well, I'm, I'm a cat guy, but that's okay. They're going to make cat, cat days. It's going to be the same. Well, don't worry. Don't worry. Cat don't worry. days, dog okay. days, whatever. Um, moving on to our next segment, which is Retro Rewind, which is where we talk about something that's a little bit older that you can find available on streaming or DVD, Blu-ray, On Demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carly, you get to go first for this. <laughs> Yay! So my, one of my favorite movies of all time is The Five Heartbeats, directed and starred, then directed by and starring Robert Townsend. Yeah, I love it because it's that throwback to like the old Motown days and the, the guy groups and all of that kind of stuff, but it also highlights all the drama that comes along with that that we may or may not have known. And the... Um, 
the the not the test group, but the the pers- the group that had um, was a consult on this film was the Four Tops, which was mm-hmm. a Motown group. So they were the consult on that film with Robert Townsend, so that they could you know get that type of thing accurate. And unfortunately, the guy that played um, Eddie King Jr. I forget his name, but mm. he his character kind of was true to life. He really was someone that ended up being involved in drugs much to his demise, which was really sad to see. But it's a really lighthearted film. Robert Townsend is singing. He has this one little moment where he's singing with his little sister, and he has a little toy horse, and he's dancing around. It's so much fun. And when I get really down in the dumps and I just need something to pick me up and make me smile or... You know, just put me in a good mood. I will throw that Five Heartbeats DVD in and watch it in a heartbeat, no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) And it's coming out. Robert Townsend did a documentary. It's going to be released through Fathom Events on August 27th. Ah, So people can see the film and see the documentary behind the scenes of how he directed the film, how he came to that subject. It's It's just a lot of fun, and I just love it. Awesome. Has anyone seen it? I will admit I did not. I have not. I, yes, yeah. Y'all have got it's, to see the five heartbeats. It's, it's, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. But it's good. Yeah. It's good. It is a good movie. Trust me, it's good. It's a good one. <laughs> oh. Going back to you, Lauren? Well, mine is also something that makes me happy and is one of those that I'll put in whenever I'm feeling sad, and that's When Harry Met Sally. Oh, oh I love um, that. I, it's... I, to me, I think it's one of, if not the best romantic comedies of all time. I, think I agree. It's an absolute classic. I agree, yeah, um, for sure. Right? I've never met someone who does not like that. <laughs> Are you going to like No, I love it. No, 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 no. Because no, no, I was no, like, no, I was no, like no, am no. I going to get ready to punch no, him in no, the head? No, no, no. Billy right. Crystal and Meg Ryan, <laughs> you can't ask for better chemistry no. than, no, than those two. No, you cannot. And like, I had never looked at Billy Crystal in that way until, <laughs> until that movie, right? Yeah, yeah. I was and, like, well, maybe he is kind of cute. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is kind of weird. Um, but, but they're both so great. And I think what, what works with that film is that you know, so so often with romantic comedies, which I love, guilty pleasure, one hundred percent. But so often they're cheesy, or just like the characters are just so generic. You know, and and you could take them out of this film and put them in this other film, and they'd still be the same films. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And when with when Harry met Sally, I feel like their neuroses are just so just so perfect and like you know a Harry you know a Sally yeah you, you know do. that if, person that always gets the stuff on the side I yep, can't right, right? Um, I, I think I actually am a little bit Sally like every time we go to a restaurant and I that, my husband's like on the side is a big thing with you <laughs> oh no so yeah it, she's like yeah it is yeah um, it is but how about that iconic scene Yes, the which one at the one? table in the no, diner, yeah, yeah. right? Which one? Yeah, there's the wagon, <laughs> there's, there's the wagon so wheel many. scene. There's the Christmas tree scene, but the scene in the diner yes. where she get, fakes the orgasm and Rob Reiner's mother's all like, <laughs> "I'll have what she's having." I love the fact that I found out after the fact that that was his mother that says that. Yeah, yeah. and the fact that it was not—I don't think it was. Written it wasn't that scripted. Way. She yeah. just said that, it and was it improvised, and it became mm. like this iconic thing. Yeah, everyone remembers that. Yeah, part. I love that. Um, film. It's. It's so great. I I love everything about it. I, I think I can quote it from like front to to back. Of course just... you can. <laughs> and, and I think that for people who haven't seen it, honestly, Star Wars fans, the yes. one of the best performances <laughs> yes. from Carrie Fisher. It's oh, she was so yeah. she was lovely. so yes. funny. Oh my gosh, yeah. she was really I feel like funny. So many people just know her from Star Wars. Yeah, and if that's you, change that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, See when Harry met Sally. Oh my gosh, yeah. her, she's. 
a comedic genius. She really, she really is. Or better yet, they should go see post, not go see, but look up postcards mm-hmm. from the edge because she oh wrote that. Oh my gosh, yes. That, when it stars Meryl Streep and Shirley MacLaine, mm-hmm. that is hysterical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it got quiet. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. Stop it got that. quiet for a second there. Um, I'll go next so I could just. Mix Go it up it. a little bit. Um, my pick is Wet Hot American Summer because we're Woo. like at the end of the summer right now, and you know that was the, like about the end of camp. And uh, this was a, thro- a throwback. My God, this 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 movie was a flop. It was a huge flop. It came out at Sundance. You know, it got decent reviews out of there. Went on, did nothing at the box office. Became a cult classic. They did two Netflix spinoff shows because of this movie. Mm-hmm. They brought back the entire cast, which is amazing. Which everyone kind of looks the same, except for <laughs> Michael Showalter. He's like the only one who kind of looks a little bit different. And you're like, wow, age was good to you guys. Um, just really, it's a bizarre movie. Christopher yeah. Maloney uh, talks to a can of peas yes. in the movie. Uh, there's a whole thing about a science fair and a rocket coming down from space. Uh, David, what is it? David Hyde Pierce is yeah, in it. Yeah. Uh, Jereen, Jereen, yeah. Janine Garofalo is in it. Um, Bradley Cooper, Bradley Michael Cooper. Ian Black. Uh, oh my God. In that movie. Yeah. Yes. It's like, it's, if you it's look fun. at it, Amy Poehler, Amy Poehler, so many people are in it. It's, I don't know if you it's would like it, Carla, but you should try it out. It's on it's Netflix. Hilarious, yeah. It's really is fun. It? Did you it's like it? Funny. No, oh, that's what Ashley's re- reaction was when she watched it. She's like, yeah. It's it's like that America. It's like that uh, Porky's kind of thing, isn't it? No, it's it's no. more. It's more like because they're all playing teenagers when they clearly <laughs> look like Bradley Cooper. <laughs> You know, you're like, and he's like, well, I'm 14. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, no, you're not. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, it's it's that part's hilarious as it is. Yeah, it might be best enjoyed with some uh, substances. I, yeah, I will probably, say that. Probably, probably. Yeah, yeah. But um, I just, I think it's such a, a delightful, fun movie. Oh, so and fun. that they oh, use God. that song higher and higher in this, and it's like, one of my favorite songs because of this movie. It's just so funny. It's so cheesy the way that it's introduced in the movie. Mm-hmm. Christopher Maloney's like running, and there's someone else. Uh, was it Michael Showalter's character is yeah. running too? It, it's just so corny and so cheesy. It's like a play on like '80s movies on how like corny and cheesy those yeah. ones were. Um, and I and I did like both of the Netflix spinoff things as well. Yeah, there we go. Oh, so. really? there we go. Of course you did. <laughs> yeah. The if first Lauren, one. The first one was better than the second one. I agree with that. Yeah. If Lauren is over there making faces, I yeah. don't know. I kind of trust my girl's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> we can stick together on this. Girl, one. <laughs> here we're right here. <laughs> all right, Jimmy. Well, it's back to school, and you know, with all the love that we've been getting, seeing from teen movies, especially the phenomenal eighth grade. I want to look at uh, Edge of Seventeen with Haley Steinfeld and uh, Woody Harrelson and. Gosh, an amazing cast and a beautiful film. It's funny. It's heartbreaking. And it, it, it it's weird because I had a teacher exactly like Woody Harrelson. Mr. Brooks, hey, how are you? <laughs> uh, he's still around. I, con- I contacted him after the movie. I was so moved Aww. by the movie. And it, it just, it's it felt real. It felt smart. And, and I love the fact that they made Haley a really normal kid. She wasn't always likable. Mm-mm. And it, it, it worked. And I, I liked her brother sometimes. And sometimes he was a jerk. And 
I, it's a wonderful Which brothers movie. Brothers and sisters. Type yeah. Thing. Yes. Exactly. I, I, I have love a brother. It. I can speak to. Yeah. That. I do too. <laughs> so yeah, if you didn't, if you missed Edge of Seventeen, please, please, please go see it. It's on. I probably. I think it's on it, HBO. It, it's or on um, Showtime anywhere. Showtime. Okay. Showtime, Showtime anywhere. anywhere. It's on uh, on demand. It's also on Blu-ray. And DVD and Wonderful. iTunes. I, I did a little homework for this show. You think? I, yeah, yeah love but love but he's good. We we like him. <laughs> Do you guys have any closing remarks on the Edge of Seventeen? Just what we were talking about earlier, which is I feel like it was so underappreciated. It just got buried whenever it came out, but it, it is so should have been a hit. Should have been a hit. Yeah, they buried it like it was like right at the beginning of award season. Yeah, mm-hmm. it premiered at TIFF. It was the uh, closing night film. And I feel like that was the year where there were so many great movies. Like that was the La La Land year. That was Nocturnal Animals. That yeah. was Moonlight. There was I just still too think much it should have got the nomination. I honestly think it should have got nominations. Yeah, of course. I, it was that good. Of course. Haley was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah she's it great. might have been their marketing campaign if they didn't have yeah. a good marketing campaign, That's or true. if the stu- you know the studio it was it was an indie film. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, STX. STX. Yeah, I think they just didn't know how to. Yeah, a lot of times, because honestly, Black Klansman isn't getting that much marketing either. Not really. No. I mean, it's Black Klansman and Blind Spotting and Sorry to Bother You are all word of mouth movies. Yes, yes. There's not a whole bunch of, you know, big machine marketing going behind those films. And we'll we'll wait and see what happens, but that's probably what happened to Edge of 17. Yeah, for sure was. It certainly was. Because we have to remember that most of the people... we live in LA, so we get movies yes, and, yes. and people that live in New York, they get it in Chicago and DC. But people that live in Missouri or Georgia or North Carolina or South Carolina, they may not get the, the films opening the same weekends yeah. that it opens every place else. And the marketing campaign may not be there for them to see it. They don't, they just don't know. So yeah, that's very true, especially it, a small film like that. Because, you know, let me ask y'all a question. Mm-hmm. So, doesn't it bother you that? <laughs> Nowadays, when the um, the nominations come out, oftentimes there'll be like two or three films that haven't even hit the theaters yet. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that bothers me. Does that it, bother y'all? Yes, it does. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's what weird. happened to audiences seeing the movies. Uh, you remember when it was the writer like last year? The writer was oh. at the uh, Film Independent Spirit Awards. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even out yet. Like the only people who saw it were film festival goers. Yeah, and yeah. let's be honest, not that many people go to those things. Right. That's annoying. I don't like that. And I think it's a turnoff to the general public. You know, like I, mm-hmm. I think, like you said, I mean, we're we're sort of in our own bubble, and I think we forget that a lot. You know, we're we're lucky because we get to see things all the time, and all the little indie films do play in LA. Yeah, but everyone, you know, people in like the middle of Missouri or something, you know, are are, are they going to know what that is? No, yeah. no. I'm from Missouri, and I know they go. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame that, I mean, studios do a really bad job of focus, and not even studios, I should say PR companies in general, do a very bad job of making sure movies are discovered outside of major cities. I feel like they, in, in major cities, there's always press days, there's always posters. You see it, even like the smallest films. I mean, Black Klansman, there's a billboard hanging up right, out, right, right outside this building. Here, yeah. Yeah. yeah, But, you know... That person who wants to see it probably in uh, Kentucky. You're not going to You're not going to see a billboard. You're not going to know what this movie is. Mm-hmm. No. And um, we're so spoiled here because we do get to see everything. We get so much exposure to everything that we often forget, you know, why certain movies are even made. You know, like when we look at a lot of big movies that come out and we're kind of like, why are they making this again? It's because 
those are the movies people remember. And those yeah. are the people that, you know, those are the stu- the movies that studios put the money behind, the PR companies put the money behind. They don't put m- money behind these movies. And that's yeah. that's a damn shame. It's a shame, yeah. Well, you've, you've got that name. You've got that, that, oh, people know this. People have seen this movie. They'll go see it again. Yeah. And that's why, that's why the reboots, that's why the remakes, that's yep. why the sequels. That's what I always laugh about is people always complain about it. Like, oh, why is there another sequel? It's all Hollywood does. And it's like, well, you keep going to see it. Don't stop yeah. going to see it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I was saying, oops. Oops. I was saying to Scott that um, there are certain movie stars, too, that it doesn't matter what film they make. If they say Denzel Washington is Denzel Washington stars, people will go, (laughs) they don't care what the movie is. And the same with Tom Cruise, the same with The Rock. Well, sometimes, though, not, and I think that's dying out because Tom Cruise can't sell a movie unless it's Mission Impossible. I was going to say, you know, that's a good point. Jack Reacher. Dwayne Johnson is feeling that this year. Yes, he is. He's feeling that with Rampage not doing as well. He has uh, skyscraper. Another movie coming out in two yeah. weeks. Yeah, yeah I think it might be overkill. <laughs> he has another movie coming what out is in two it? weeks. I can't even I remember the even name of it. it. Oh but I saw gosh. it. I was like, "Oh, really? He's got another movie coming out. He's on Ballers. On is it yeah. HBO? I think it's HBO. He might be. He might be too much too soon. He's making that money. I ain't mad at him. Make it while you're young and you can still move and do them do those tricks. But y'all, that's a lot. So moving on to our next topic and our final topic of today is the Academy announced this wonderful news yesterday that there is going to be a popular film category. And uh, I feel like the internet really set this on fire. I Mm. mean, I, I don't think I heard anyone say anything positive about it, but let's talk a little bit about it. Jimmy, let's start with you. Uh, when I saw that, my my reaction was, well, I know, so it was like, you know, is Paul Blart going to get nominated? <laughs> I mean, I, I I think it's I think it's silly. Certainly not. I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I'm not. A, I mean, hey, I made money, so what are you talking about? What's popular? What everything that makes money? Everything that I uh. I, 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 I think it's I think you're I think just open the best pictures up to other movies. Just do that. Simple as that. Let other films that, whether they're maybe horror films, whether they're comedies, let them give them a little more love when it comes to Oscars. Make it a little more diverse. Another word again. Yeah. Uh, and what we nominate instead of just, well, we have to have this because it's you know it's a nice biography picture or, or this because it's this. Open it up and and, and I, I I just a pot, top ten popular movies really. Do we yeah. need that? No, I don't. And it, it's it's not even broken down how they're going to pick it. Yeah. Um, the biggest concern right now, of course, that everyone's talking about is that it's because it's on ABC and it's Disney, and you know this this kind of throws <laughs> in a lot of ways it throws shade to like good quality films like yeah. Black Panther and Infinity War by like oh they're going head to head, and it's not fair because besides maybe Mission Impossible, maybe The Quiet Place, what other movies are going to go there that are not Disney films? Yeah, that's true. If they, because that's that's obviously why they created this to be more of a blockbuster type category, more of a big budget, you know, popular fare. Yeah. Movie. And again, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, no, no. Go. <laughs> okay, I was just gonna say, and again, it goes back to how are they gonna define it? Yeah, that's yeah. that's the big thing. I think a big mistake that they made was not defining it before announcing it and just throwing it out there, and now people are all up in arms, and it's just like, I don't think they thought it through. Paul Blart 3. It's going to win. <laughs> I can't stand you. Oh, my God. You no. are 
pure no. comedy. No. Surely it's got to be like Paul a Black Panther <laughs> he or said an Paul Infinity War movie. Oh my god! But, I, can't. I mean, it's so unfair though. I mean, like, <laughs> dear God, no. <laughs> We're live. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're live. Carla is having a laughing fit here. Here at the. Uh... Okay, so let me just say what I think about it. I, I, there's a couple of things I think about it. I agree with you, Lauren, that it wasn't thought out before they announced it. They needed to announce how the popular vote or the popular film was going to be selected. It, if or whatever it is, what they should have, what they should have done was announced that it would be selected by the American people, the movie going public. And then I think people wouldn't be so like this. But when you know the people voting on these films are Academy members, you know, and that some of them are like 98 years old, like, what? what? So there's there's a pro and a con to it. Yeah, it's cool to have that category, but if it's not people, like real movie going people voting on it and not just people that are stars and directors and producers and writers, then who cares? Yeah, yeah. Well, and one thing I think is interesting, I actually disagree with you. I think everyone that I've seen that's in the industry, whether that's filmmakers or like journalists like us that cover it, I, they're all up in arms. But the people I know outside the industry that don't have a horse in the race at all um, actually find it interesting. If interesting. not outright like it. I don't, I don't know if that's been the case for you guys, but I'm, I've been talking to like my family about it, my husband, you know, other people, and they all seem to think it's kind of a cool idea. Just that, like, oh, the Academy kind of needs to do something. They're, ch- they need to, they're trying to get the numbers up because the viewership was down. That's all it is. That's all it is. That's all yeah. it is. They it's just, just want to get the numbers yeah. up because all of the award shows, regardless of what the Oscars or what it is, all of the numbers have gone down. People aren't watching it because they know... You you can watch the Oscars and by the time the Oscars roll around, <laughs> you know who's gonna win what. Right, yes. And there used to be a time where you would watch the Oscars and you'd have no idea who was gonna win, who was gonna get nominated. You just yeah. didn't know. And over the last ten to twenty years, it's become very predictable. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think the general public is kind of over that. Mm-hmm. I'm over that, and I'm not the general public, so yeah. I'm over that. I'm over. By the time we get to the Oscars, it's like, well, they won this, 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 and this. So it's they're a shoe in. The only time it didn't happen was when so everybody thought Sylvester Stallone was going to win, and he didn't. Oh yeah, yeah. It's free. yeah. 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. That, I think they need to do bad. something. I just I'm not sure that this was that. The most. I think it always yeah. comes down to this. I mean, right now, a lot of the movies that are nominated, and you know, whether we whether we want to agree with this or not, are movies that we normally think are some of the best movies of the year. But they're not necessarily what the general public thinks is the best movies of the year. Half the general public, uh, and I could speak for my family back in Pennsylvania, probably have not seen half of these movies. Like when I mm-hmm. say, did you see Black Klansman? They're like, no, what is that? It goes back to uh, what yeah, we were talking yeah. about earlier. Did you see Won't yeah. You Be My Neighbor? No, what is that? Like, it's just, you just can rattle off these names and people are like, I have no idea. So this is their way of putting in something that is going to asses and seats. You know, best best way to look at it. Like, get more people to watch. What I think they need to do is that they need to tighten up that runtime. They need to make it a little bit more fun. They need to make it a little bit more interactive. A little bit more laid back. I think it, it's too much about the fashion and too much about the cinephiles. And it needs to be more about, like, the movie going public. Two hours. Two That's hours. That's all you need. That's two hours. It used to be two hours. Yeah, I know. It became three now it's, hours. No, it's last year. This year's is still going on right now. It's, <laughs> it's weird. I can't stand you, Jimmy. I cannot stand you. Oh, my God. At the, at the, 
during the lunch hour, morning hour, evening, whatever mm-hmm. time it is you're watching and listening. But I, I, I agree. It should be like two hours from start yeah. to finish. But the problem is you get people up there that want to thank everybody that they ever met in their entire life. <laughs> you get people up there that when they say their time is up, they're like, no, I'm never, I'll never get up here again, so I'm going to take my time. You get people up there that want to make political statements and all that. And while I respect and admire all of that, there's a time and a place for everything. Sure. Just get your little awards, say thank you, and keep it moving. You know? And, and it's very uneven, right? So it's like they do it backwards, right? The the awards that people don't really care as much about, like again, the general public want to know about the big stuff. They want to mm-hmm. know what best picture is. They want to know about best actor. They want to see their favorite movie. Right, star. exactly. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, you're awarding sound mixing and editing and all this stuff where the guy who comes up is like, uh, of course, he's very grateful and appreciative and he deserves it. But at the end of the day, when he's going on for about five, ten minutes, and then the guy who won best actor gets to go on for two minutes, it's kind of like very uneven. You're kind of like, how are we going to rush that person off? Yeah. I read somewhere that they were going to get rid of some of the categories which on is camera, smart. too. Which is smart. So I think probably stuff like sound mixing and editing and all of that, which is kind of, which kind of is like a slap in the face. It is. If it weren't for the sound mixers, if it weren't for the editors, if it weren't for the cinematographers, there would be no movie. Yeah. 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 It's, I'm it's, just it's, saying. It's, it's really kind of hard. a slap in the that's face. That's a little bit hard yeah. to... Yeah, because you don't want to take it away from them. But just, I don't know, just maybe just don't do the Oscars live anymore. Just cut it down. Well, you know, you know, back in the day, it literally was 30, 30 to 40 minutes long. Yeah. Like, yeah. the very first one was, like, 30 minutes long. They also yeah. had way less categories. Yeah, yeah it did. Category. Well, That's, yeah. Yeah, it did. Sure. But I think if they, my suggestion would be if they they already have a night where they honor science and technical. If they just took all of the technical mm, awards and go. did them yeah. that night and then showed and did, you know, like a little montage clip package like they do sometimes. Sometimes they do that during the Oscars and sometimes they don't. It kind of depends. Mm, yeah. But if they did that, then that would cut down on the time as well. I agree. I agree. So just curious for everyone, um, if you guys could add a category to the award show. Which one would you want to add? Go for it. Um, Scott and I talk about this a lot, that that being my husband. Um, (laughs) Just to clarify for the viewers. Um, (laughs) We talk about this a lot, and we feel like, especially with like La La Land, a few years back, and and movies like that, like a choreography slash stunt category. Like either separate ones for those, or making it one, but something like that to recognize like either really great choreography when you have musicals, or you know, um, with some of these action films, like, and again, that would be another way to sort of get more popular movies in there, if you will. Um, but to recognize, like, the incredible stunt work that goes into some of these mm-hmm. movies. I mean, the stunt work in all of them. All yeah. of them. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's such an underlooked, but you know, I, it I, has been. They've been trying to do that for years. Yes. That would be that would be my vote, hands down. I think that would be really cool. How about yeah. you? Well, I'm. I mean, Andy Circus. He yes. should get an Oscar. Yes. He should have gotten an Oscar. Yes. They need to, I He'll would probably love, get one of those honorary yeah, ones. Yeah, but here we here mo-cap. we are in a world where a lot of mocap is going to mm-hmm. happen. A lot more is going to happen. Thanos, Josh was yeah. fantastic. We need a, we need some kind of award for that. 
I don't know how they could do it. I, I don't know if the team would get it, but I, I honestly think they should have maybe a character award or something like that. That way the actor gets it and the team behind them gets they it. They could do a mocap. The, the conversation about mocap and stunts has been happening for at least 10 years. A long years. time. And so has the conversation about casting. Yeah. Because, honestly, remember back a few years ago with Moonlight, the casting director had to cast that same character at three different ages. Mm-hmm. Do you know how difficult that is and how many people she had to see in order to make that happen? And what? an amazing job she did an amazing job so I think that all casting mocap stunts choreography all of those categories should be added in some form or another but the conversation has been going on for eons they even did a documentary about the whole casting situation so I'm just I don't know now we just have 10 popular movies True story. Hashtag true story. And scene. And on that note, um, that is it for this episode of L-A-O-F-C-S Weekly. Um, We want to just go around the table real quick, uh, tell everyone where you can find you guys. You can find me across all social media platforms at The Kirby Critic. And (laughs) watch Scott and I on Sundays on Black Hollywood Live with Black Tomatoes. Uh, you can find me joeblow.com, arrowinthehead.com, all the social circles, uh, Twitter, whatever, what have you. Usually uh, I'm at Jimmy to the O. And September 4th, I have a film coming out, Sick for Toys. That I'm one of the producers, and it's a story that I created, and it's a wonderful script by Justin Xavier. It's, uh, it's, it's twisted. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> Not Paul Blart twisted, but you know. <laughs> And you can find me at uh, The Hollywood Reporter, our website, all of our social, and also my personal is underscore Lauren Huff on Twitter. There you go. You can find me at the other Scott M on Instagram and Twitter. You go to WeLiveEntertainment.com. Make sure you check out Black Tomatoes on Friday at Black Hollywood Live. I'm sorry, Sunday. Sunday Sunday. Thank you. Sorry. 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 You got me confused with your other show. No. I always give our show show a shout-out on that show, by the way. (laughs) Anyway, uh, thanks for watching. Uh, Like, comment, subscribe. Let us know what you think. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye. Bye. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.